Hello and welcome to Season of the Bitch, the leftist podcast that loves talking about loving things. Zoe and Kellen. So a couple of weeks ago, we were really just uh, hating on a lot of things. We're just a group of haters. And that felt very good and cathartic, obviously. And we're also very pleased that a lot of you seem to resonate with what we were saying um, in terms of like everything that we hated. So this week we wanted to talk about things that we love. Which also um, may turn ahead. into some things that we hate, like, because the world is a fucked up place. So sometimes the things that you love is kind of born out of a place of hate. Yes. So. Yeah, this is a difficult task for the rage inside my... Same. The rage Especially inside of me. <laughs> yeah. I, I was like, I... Anyone... Yeah. I was no, like, <laughs> I don't know if anyone has heard of people saying that, like, love and hate are two sides of the same coin. Probably no one has ever said that before. No, it's like a very <laughs> so uh, that makes perfect sense to me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm a Pisces stellium, so I have honestly quite a lot of love to give. Mm-hmm. So I'm actually pretty thankful to be talking about what we love. But like I was saying before we started, because today I happen to be in a pretty not like hateful mood, but I just had like a pretty off day. So I was like, well, like what I was thinking, when I was thinking of what to write on the doc, I was like, oh, what do I hate? Oh, what could be better? Like, what? Well, how could I make these things better? Yeah. And then that's how I came up with things to say. So like, as Laura said, it's probably going to be a little bit of both again, because that's kind of the vibe these days. Oh, yeah. But I do also have a lot of things I genuinely love as well. Lots of emotions. Yeah. I'm, you know, always an honor to be on the receiving end of the Pisces stellium. Um, as a Scorpio stellium and a water trine, I have to say, same. And yeah, you know, between the Scorpio stellium, the water trine, and just Venus and Pisces, yeah, we have a lot of love to give. And the thing is, most people don't deserve it. So that's where the hate comes in. <laughs> yes. Yes. Well, okay. Well, to just, I mean, to get into it, I'll start off with something that I like do unabashedly love and it doesn't come from a place of hatred, which yes. is lately reading. Yes. Um, Honestly, which, same. Yeah. And it's such a luxury for me right now because like when I was in school, there was a lot of reading that I like liked doing, but it was not something that I had like like directly opted to read it was a lot of stuff that was assigned to me right so I have a lot more downtime these days so like I realized that I missed the feeling of being able to choose what I wanted to read and then the feeling of like oh when you're really in a piece of text you're like get lost in it and you don't feel like anything else is happening in the world for a brief moment it's kind of like escapist I guess which is very Pisces of me but (laughs) but I really have been loving it yeah yeah, Roger. Oh, oh, go ahead. I was just gonna say, Bianca. I'm glad you're like taking advantage of the time you have before you start law school. Oh yeah. When I, <laughs> I know. I imagine know. you're gonna be doing a lot of reading. That's like, here's some laws. Right. Here's yeah. a court case. Here's 
whatever tort is. I you know, know, I know. I, I'm thinking about that too. I'm really trying to like savor these last months. So yeah. I, yeah. I watched Legally Blonde recently and I was like, this is going to be Bianca soon. <laughs> yeah. I will be Reese Witherspoon. I actually have never seen that movie, oh which God. I feel like I should watch. Oh, you have to. <laughs> Friend a, of the Pod. It's a movie. Yeah, friend of it the pod, is. Jen, who is a fellow law school student. I texted her while I was watching Legally Blonde with Zoe and was like, I'm pretty sure this is just your life, right? Like, that's <laughs> what this is what being a law student is for <laughs> literally everyone, correct? Um, and yeah, the source says yes. So, Bianca, I can only assume that you two will be living a Legally Blonde life within a matter of months. Hell yeah. Yeah, it really is a feminist text. Like, yeah, you forget how good Legally Blonde is. So good. It holds up. It really does. I was surprised. Also, um, if you like musicals, Legally Blonde, the musical, is absolutely amazing. I didn't even know it had been made into a musical. Oh, yeah. The music slaps. It's very good. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I was also just going to give a, a shout out to audiobooks. I've recently discovered that I love them. Um, because I don't hate reading, but I'm a very slow reader. And especially with school, it's like when I'm done reading for school, I'm not like, what should I do with my time? Read. <laughs> right. Bro. Yeah. But I just like, okay, you can listen to an audiobook, and it's kind of amazing because you gather all the information in much less time if you're a slow reader. Um, and you still know all that and you don't have to look at anything and you can multitask, which is my other favorite thing to do is like cook while listening, clean while listening. Um, it's amazing. Highly recommend if you've never considered an audiobook. I know that I've like just discovered them. So I want people to know. <laughs> um, so quick plug as always, we're starting our reading group. We're doing Left Hand of Darkness by Ursula K. Le Guin, which I just started. It is so good already. I can't wait to talk about it. Um, and then also uh, my downstairs neighbor whose home I live in, uh, she texted me last night and she just sent a picture of a book called Cemetery Boys and said, any interest in reading a super queer Latinx ghost romance mystery YA novel before I send it to my friend? And I was like, yes. <laughs> you yes. know your audience. Yes, indeed. <laughs> yes, books. <laughs> um, so, yes, books. <laughs> books. Yes, 10 out of 10. Um, the next thing is that I want to talk about that I love is just like people being willing to like put in effort into a friendship or relationship in order to let it grow and make it work. I think that just means so much to me because like you can't, well, I mean like no one's a perfect person. I don't go into any new friendships or new relationships thinking that it's automatically going to be a perfect match. Even if I've like, already been talking to them for a while because it's like everyone's a little bit different and it's like inevitable that like even if two people fundamentally get along well there are going to be like rough patches disagreements like whatever but I really appreciate when people like make a commitment to each other to work through difficult things because yeah. the commitment signifies like I value you I value what we have together this is not a disposable thing to me and I'm willing to put in work to make this thing continue to grow and flourish like that means so much to me and I think those are the moments in friendships or relationships where I'm like oh I, I really sense that the bond we have is like really strong yeah that's so real I like I have a lot of social anxiety um so I'm Same, really yeah. especially grateful to people who put in 
the work to like, you know, like be my friend. Um, and I hope that like being friends with me isn't too much work, lol. But um, I do have an acknowledged ter- tendency to like to turn inward and to kind of retreat into myself when stuff is hard and like not reach out. Um, and so I really love my friends who are able to draw me out of my like little like hobbit hole or whatever. Um, I I have like a couple of friends who I have one friend where it's like every other Thursday we always talk and like that takes the impetus off of like my having to like reach out when sometimes I'm like what if they hate me you know um or like another friend who just every week texts me Mm -hmm. like over the weekend like let's talk soon every weekend like clockwork friend of the pod Tamara she's there let's talk soon and I'm like yes Tamara I love talking to you but sometimes I'm afraid to reach out which is so oh, silly we love Tamara we do love Tamara uh feminist of the animal kingdom an all-time <laughs> favorite episode I must literally, say literally yeah it's and then she was on another one right she was on another on one okay uh, but Feminist of the Animal Kingdom is one of my all-time favorite episodes we've ever done. Um, <laughs> but we I love I'm, that episode. <laughs> um, and I, I also just on the subject of friends, I'm like really grateful to people who don't approach friendship with like traditional scripts. And I feel like those scripts, like I, I mean by this, like people who recognize the sort of diversity of forms that relationships can come in and embrace that. Mm-hmm. And I think that this tends to be a queer thing in a yes. lot of ways, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Like, because I feel like the sort of traditional scripts for relationships are like same gender friends are friends, opposite gender people are lovers and there's no in between. And it's like, well, okay, what happens if um, people aren't girls or boys or like what happens if you're gay and then people that you are attracted to are not necessarily of a different gender than you like what does that do to your friendships like what does that do to intimacy and I think that um I do know that there there are you know hashtag not all straights like there are straight people who embrace like non-traditional relationships so shout out to those very special straight people um but I think like queer friendship especially is like really really valuable yeah like two things one I very much relate to what you said Cullen about being somebody who like turns inward in times of stress for me it like is rooted in like I don't want to be a burden on people I want to just tackle this on my own once I get through it I'll like you know be more external I'll like venture Mm -hmm. back out into the world but I just need to focus on this thing first like that's like kind of how I process things so I'm also very thankful for friends who like as you said draw me out of my like internalness and second like, yeah, I, I actually, re- I think it is very tied up with queerness, but I do appreciate friendships where the line between like friends more than friends isn't like a very clear demarcation. Mm-hmm. Like, it, and it doesn't, and I think what a lot of people, I mean, like hashtag not all straight people, but a lot of straight people think <laughs> that like when that line is blurred, it automatically means whatever relationship you have becomes very messy mm-hmm. or like hard to uh, figure out. And then it's like one, like you should just talk about it. Like you should fig- like talk about what you two have together so you can figure it out. It doesn't have to be like this thing that you never touch. And like two, I think it's like fun. Like friendships that aren't ne- aren't just like platonic or whatever, but like fundamentally you're still friends. I don't know. Yeah, like totally. Yeah. Non-traditional friendship relationship models. Very pro that. Yeah, definitely. And like 
In a somewhat similar vein to like the script of friendship, I feel like some of my favorite friendships are like when you maybe don't talk for a while. I have friends that I've just known for a long time, maybe won't talk to for like months because we're both busy. But then like when you reach out or when they reach out, it's just like no time has passed. Like welcome with open arms and just being like, yeah, what's up? And it just feels totally natural because I feel like I've also had friendships where it's like you haven't reached out or like very like blamey. And it's like, first of all, it takes two to tango, yes. tango of friendship yes. or relationships. Like if I haven't Give reached out, names. you didn't reach out either, baby. Yeah. Um, that just like pisses. Yeah. That pisses me off. That's something I hate, but yeah, I love when it's just like, yeah, it's fine. If time passes and you can just like pick up where you left off and it yeah. doesn't have to be like, like, I don't have time to talk to all my friends every day. I'm busy, but like, I still love you. Yeah. I think it's really funny because I'm always the friend that's like, hey, how's it going? How are you doing? What's going on? Like, tell me. Well, I do talk to you every day, pretty much. (laughs) I talk to a lot of people a lot of time because for me, I don't know, that's like the thing that that helps me um, stay happy is knowing what's going on in my friends' lives. Um, And... Yeah, so I had separately on this list uh, talking about my friends, and I'm so grateful to like have had this kind of be part of a bigger conversation because I think when I got out of a really big relationship, you know, like a six-year relationship, I still had had friends that during that time and, and you know, still maintained friendships, but I... Uh, when I went through that breakup, it felt like so much of my life was like fucking off kilter. Um, and that really was deeply unsettling to me. And so this like alternative structure of friendship also like rooted in queerness, I think is comes with the understanding that romantic stuff is scarier often because it comes with the fear of losing this person in your life. Um, And Mm -hmm. I think that these, like, A, platonic relationships as more important and as critical to our well-being and also the blurred lines between platonic relationships and romantic relationships when it comes to how those dynamics can feel and also as Bianca was saying like when it's it's consented to on both sides like having um potential like sexual interactions as well yeah awesome well I guess this is kind of related as well I I I guess I was just thinking a lot about like templates for relationships people thinking there's like a script to friendships or relationships and tied along with that Something else I love is sex with people who are not cis men. Um, And this is, again, not like to say that like every time I've had sex with a cis man, it's been this way because I have been very lucky (laughs) in that I have had sexual relationships with cis men where it was like good and I felt like it was affirming and like it was a pleasant time. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just kidding. Literally brag. No, please. Yeah, it's good. It's rare. It's rare. It's rare. But I have to give credit where maybe I uh, I have to give credit where credit is due in those few instances. But to get back to what I was saying before, um, I think there's just like a lot of things that happen when I'm having sex with someone who isn't a cis man that I really love. One 
it's like not as regimented or scripted. I think a lot of times when I have sex with a cis man, there's like this very implicit sort of pattern where it's like, oh, we make out, then we touch each other's genitals, then we have oral sex, then there's penetration yeah, in that order exactly. every time. And then somebody, usually the cis man has an orgasm and then it's just like over, which is like, it's fun, like whatever, but it's, uh, well, no. like, I guess it can No, get it's not up. fun. <laughs> it just can get a little boring, I think, once it's happened a lot of times. And so like- with people who are not cis men, it's, I feel like the structure can be a little bit looser and there's not like a definite beginning and end, which is nice. And two, something else I like, it's not as orgasm focused. I mean, I was talking about this before, like truthfully, I do not need to have an orgasm during sex to have a good time during it. But I feel like there are times where like I, when I've had sex with cis men, I have felt a little bit of pressure to have an orgasm because they're like, oh, it would make me happy to see you have one. And I'm like, well, now I feel pressure to have one. That's never a fun experience. Um, and also like with non-cis men, it's like I've had people have been more open to using toys, which mm-hmm. is nice. That's totally. always a fun time. It's just like a better, t- like not better necessarily. It's, it's, maybe it's better. more expansive. It's more expansive. And I think it's like, uh, it's just like, you know, you can do whatever and it's all fun so that's been really nice yeah so i cannot agree like enough with everything bianca is saying um i think particularly for those of us who have had traumatic experiences with men um Mm -hmm. queer sex can be really healing uh in the sense that like this idea of of finishing and this idea of like this this pressure that happens is all triggering all that stuff can really make someone feel like a piece of trash and also like a vessel for a a like culmination of thing instead of having an enjoying experience throughout as Bianca was saying Like, I definitely do not need to orgasm every time to have a good time. But I will tell you, if I do that rote memory weird thing and it's not like happening with intention and actually responding in real time to like what each other's bodies are doing, that is not fun for me. And I don't want to be doing that regardless of orgasm or not. Um, So I think that like queer sex, um, you know, it helps. It's helped me to relearn what's what safety boundaries, fun and pleasure can look like, because Mm -hmm. especially with someone with like a lot of fucking trauma, it's and with endometriosis, where I've literally physically like been in pain for a lot of yeah. um, sex things. Uh, so, yeah, I agree. <laughs> agree. Yeah. Uh, well, this is like a total change in topic. I was just <laughs> thinking about other things I love. I was looking around my room. <clears throat> I got this teapot the other day and it's perfect. Like the thing I was like really like taking care to get a teapot that was right in this way was like the spout needed to pour tea without having the rest of the tea drip down onto like the like onto like the counter or whatever like the tea needed to fall directly into the cup and I was like I hope this teapot does that and it and it, and it does it like pours the, the stream of the tea is like so perfect I don't know why I'm like obsessing over this but it's just so nice it's glass, so I can see exactly what color the tea is. So I know when I've steeped it for long enough. 
it's just like really good. I'm not even really that much of a tea drinker. Like I like coffee more because I need the caffeine. But uh, in terms of like things that I do in my daily routine that feel very grounding and like almost meditative, that's been really good. Hell yeah. <laughs> I love that. I relate to loving my teapot. So when I moved a few months ago, my mom gave me this one that was like in the basement that was my grandparents. And it's just like a red, like bright red metal, like stovetop kettle. That's cute. It's really cute. I'll send you guys a picture after this. <laughs> um, but yeah, I just love it. It makes me happy. Um, so yeah, I, I support us and our powerful teapots. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, okay. I'm just going to start diving into some things that I love. <laughs> oh, yeah. That are separate from from the list that Bianca already started. Uh, one thing that I literally can't stop talking about. So, uh, I, but I don't think I've talked about it on an episode yet. Um, I don't think you have <clears throat> in my recent memory. So, um, if any of you have been following me on social media, though, uh, you may be aware that I have switched up my antidepressant regimen, um, and I am using uh, mushrooms, psilocybin mushrooms, and sometimes um, acid or LSD uh, in a lower dose uh, as a antidepressant. I talked to my therapist about it. I read a book called How to Change Your Mind by Michael Pollan. And um, I am someone who has done psychedelics before and always found them to be extremely healing and beneficial to me. Um, and then I just kind of looked into uh, like what it would mean to use this medicinally. Uh, I think the reason why I love it so, so much and I really like Truly, if anyone wants to talk to me about it or wants to know more information, like feel free to reach out um, because as someone who has had severe depression for at least 15 years diagnosed um, and severe anxiety disorder, as well as like PTSD and other like mental illness layers, um, and as someone who in the year 2020 lost like three family members, including a parent, um, and on top of like all the normal grief that all of us were living through in 2020, um, I honestly did not realize how dark of a place I was in mentally until I started microdosing. Um, it honestly feels like a veil has been lifted in my life. Uh, <laughs> unsurprisingly in tears again for another episode, <laughs> but for real, it's like, I can't talk about it enough because, um, depression is a very common disease. Uh, it's a very common thing that affects people, but it is so debilitating and I think it's really hard for people to to talk about a and b like when you're in the throes of depression it is so hard to even know like when you know the all the tools right therapy yes, ssris right. Uh, all the other things like i was on ssris for years i did i because they can counteract each other i and my therapist and my doctor made the decision for me personally to decrease my ssris but like i know they help a lot of people and i'm not anti that at all it just wasn't working for me and so it becomes this thing of like i realized and of course in our fucked up healthcare system like no one's giving you answers no one's like talking 
about these things. And so I, I really started to feel like I needed to feel empowered to take this very serious mental health issue into my own hands. And for me, it's been it's been incredible. I think it's now been close to six weeks. Wow. And yeah, it's it's been amazing. That's awesome. A few people Hello. have reached out and want me to do like a Patreon episode where I kind of talk about the actual experience of, of kind of like a what it's been like as the time has gone on, um, which is a very vulnerable thing to do. So I don't know mm-hmm. if I'm going to do that, uh, but I do believe in in the power of this to help people. So I'm, I might. <laughs> mm-hmm. And um, on the topic of mushrooms, what else do you love, Laura? <laughs> Oh my god! Yes, thank you. Um, I, I just had to. I saw the transition moment, and I was like, "I have to do it." I'm sorry. <laughs> what else do you love? Yes. Well, are you talking? Why are you talking about Demi Lovato and her? Mom? Oh, you yeah, know okay. I am. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> just make sure, make sure. Okay, so obviously, um, I am obsessed with Demi Lovato right now. I fucking love her so much. Uh, I think she's a queer icon. She's always doing social justice shit. Um, and if you aren't aware, um, Demi Lovato overdosed on heroin um, uh, two and a half years ago or so at this point, maybe three years ago. And um, she created an entire documentary called uh, Dancing with the Devil. That is a four part documentary series on YouTube, a.k.a. she released on YouTube. She's a person of the people fucking love her um she didn't want anyone to have any barriers to seeing it because it is literally the first documentary that talks openly about heroin usage um because i think it's just very taboo and people kind of mask it under the layer of opiates and stuff like that Mm -hmm. um but she really gives an honest look at it i will say um a content warning uh, for drug abuse as well as um, disordered eating. But I highly recommend it and her new album. And also in the final part of her documentary, she gives a tour of her home where she uh, reveals a mushroom room, which I would love for myself. And she talks about psychedelics being healing in her addiction journey. Um, you know, people who are addicted to heroin often struggle with that addiction for their entire life. And if they can use mushrooms um, or LSD as a way to not do heroin, that's fucking incredible. And uh, I'm, I just I love what she's doing. <laughs> mm. Harm reduction. That's right. I have a, a proposition for you, Laura. Yes. I don't know how you're going to feel about it because it would involve, unfortunately, not having thermi. People who are listening, <laughs> Thermi is the dog that may or may not be at the end of Laura's bed right now. <laughs> um, it is Laura's roommate's dog. But my humble suggestion is you kick your roommate out and you turn his room into a shroom room. room. I love that. Um, you would have to pay double your rent, but it seems like it would be worth it. Actually, because I have a few new uh, physical health diagnoses, I think I might be able to get rent assistance from the government, baby. Oh, Hell yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, no, it's in the process. It's definitely in my mind. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the My current, my room now, if I, any of you, some of you have been in it, uh, uh, it's very nice. Anyway. It is very nice. Yeah. Also, I just wanted to say, going off both those things, um, there is like a lot of research for using psychedelics for treating addiction. Um, 
as well as everything Laura said, um, and also OCD, which personally I find interesting since I have it. Um, not that I don't have anxiety and depression. I have all of the above. Um, <laughs> but it's cool that Brag. it can be used like, <laughs> as a tool for all of those things. Yeah, it's like a much more like holistic treatment than just like here is a specific treatment right. for like this one issue. Whereas like, right, as we know, like mental health is all connected and with physical health. And so, yeah, it's just like much more holistic. And yeah, the fact that it can treat or like help heal all of these things is like, yeah, like a major thing. But yeah, just just wanted to add that for for Demi. Perfect. Yeah. Shout um, out to Demi for I just want to acknowledge that cool for the summer is um, a, a bop. And one of my favorite gay songs of all time. Uh, yeah, she's yeah. Oh, she's now come out and said it's in her documentary that she's like, I will never marry a cis man. And I'm like, mm, you can marry me. It's fine. Also, <laughs> you can at me if you want. But like Demi basically invented wearing Converse with your prom dress. Uh, <laughs> was, it, was that from Camp, Camp Rock? Rock? Yes. Yes. And that was a powerful look. And we can all thank Demi for that. That's fucking Demi, nice. I don't want to start a fight with you right now but <laughs> hillary duff did it first in cinderella story <gasps> mm, okay. honestly also powerful yes yeah, so really powerful i'm, <laughs> I'm okay with that yeah. yeah yeah i forgot about that it's okay yes. yeah but it's it is a powerful look no matter which icon is wearing it, it yeah. is personally look. i wore toms with my prom dress because it was 2012 and that is what <laughs> everyone that is what toms. you were doing oh <laughs> They were like the black lace toms because oh, of course yeah. I had like a black prom dress. Um, it was powerful. Oh my god, I love that for you. Speaking <laughs> of that outfit, um, another thing that I really <sighs> love is fashion. Yes, yes. Um, I think about this all the time. I close my I close I close my change. I change my clothes like many, <laughs> many times, uh, even in one day, depending on if the weather changes or what I'm doing. Um. And it's a huge part of how I express myself. Even in senior year of high school, I received the superlative most unique dresser. Uh, Yes, there was a best dress. They were just like, you're gay, bitch. I was like, like, yes, I am. Um, But yeah, uh, I also try to be really intentional in supporting people and companies uh, who help me feel good. as I kind of alluded to, I have a few um, chronic illness stuff that pretty much makes me feel some level of pain all the time. And so having clothes that feel good on my body is really important. Um, and while being like very slightly ethically inclined, and I hesitate to even say this because, of course, there's no ethical consumption under capitalism. And I don't want anyone to beat themselves up if they, like, can't afford to buy their clothes in this way. But that being said, I have a few clothing folks that I would like to shout out. Um, Sorry about it. Big brag. But my sister, uh, Jess (laughs) Meany, at Jess underscore Meany on Instagram. Um, I'll link to it in the description. She turns vintage quilts into beautiful jackets. And she also has some other products as well. Uh, She sews everything herself and literally works her ass off all day, every day. Her jackets are expensive, but I do wear mine almost every day. It's like a perfect layering uh, piece. 
Yeah, she made, I think it's like a few months ago, but I follow her Instagram. She made one that was like mostly black like patterns and I am have a huge crush on it. Um, specifically, I have a crush on the jacket. Yes, of course. Um, it's so beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she really is is so talented. Um, there's another company called Warnware. It's at Warnware, Warn underscore wear on Instagram that does hand-painted clothing, and I am obsessed with it right now. Um, it's an artist called um, Isabel Osgood Roach, and if you, if you happen to see, like, the birthday outfit I wore, that was from her. Um, very, very cool Uh and extremely comfortable and as someone whose body uh, size like fluctuates a lot because of the health stuff I have and because we that just fucking happens <laughs> uh, like all of the clothes really work well like for different my different sizes um, and the last brand I will hi- highlight which I think some folks probably already know about but it's Big Bud Press yes uh, they're queer body positive clothing company based out of Los Angeles. Um, actually, I think all three of these are out of Los Angeles now that I think about it. Um, it which Allie. is a huge like, <laughs> clothing hub. Um, and uh, they, but Big Bud Press has like really inclusive and gender neutral sizing, and everything I've ever gotten from there has been extremely well made, and it's all uh, really, really cute yeah their stuff is so cute it's so cute i have okay well i was just thinking about this because i was like wow i'm always inspired by your fashion laura because it's so colorful (laughs) i have the most one of the most colorful pieces of clothing i own is actually from big road press it's this pair of burnt orange pants with like yellow stripe down the side oh my god yeah and i literally i literally was like when i got them i was like well, I liked them when I saw them on the website. And then when I got them, I was like, oh, my God, this is like so not me. I like only wear neutral colors. Um, but then I put them on and I was like, for a second, like, I don't know if I even want to keep these. And then I was like, no, I'm keeping these. But I have yet to actually wear them outside. I'm actually like saving them for like when I can go to a social event with a lot of people because I feel like that would be a good event. For yes. Them. Okay, so I don't have any big bug press, big bud press. If you're listening, you can take this under advisement. There's just like not enough goth patterns. I'll say it. They have plain black. There's plain goth black pants. There's a plain <laughs> black jumpsuit. But like, I'm not spending $200 for that. I want like a pattern, but that's black. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah. Like daisies or something. They did have one and then they were sold out of it. Yeah. So they did have one like black with daisies pattern. So this is my gripe. With them is like I would love to purchase your clothes, but I don't feel seen by them. So please work on it. Um, <laughs> I'm always like, oh, I love their patterns, but like I can't wear that. That's how I feel about so much fashion, where I'm like, I love that as a concept, yeah, but not for me. Yes, <laughs> yeah. exactly. I don't know, but I have been trying to branch out so much because I often look at what I wear on a day to day basis, and I'm realizing this is not even a bad thing. This is just kind of how I am, where I am kind of like a uniform dresser, where I just wear different variations of the same outfit every day. <laughs> Some of it is gender. I mean, I talked about this on non-binary feelings mm-hmm. on that episode, or it's like, it's like gender related. I'm like, this is what I know makes me feel good. And so I'm not really going to venture from it because I feel good wearing it. But in terms of just like colors and patterns and shapes, I am trying to branch out. Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah. <laughs> well, if you I... want recommendations and you have like this, st- like, I think I know the style you like, but. Um... All right. 
Well, I will do have- a closet clean out at some point and then I will think about it. <laughs> yes. Something I wanted yeah. to add to this discourse is not about fashion, but it does relate to what Laura revealed about how they won most interesting dresser oh. for high school. <laughs> um, I uh, did win a high school superlative brag. <sighs> um it was most likely to be president which is so funny i got that i got president of my heart you and me bianca i got i'm guessing for me i mean (laughs) i know it's so embarrassing there was a picture of me and like robert jones who was the other guy who won the the boy because they gave boy and girl every Mm -hmm. every same same (laughs) oh my god so robert jones was like holding a dictionary and i had my hand on it and was like pretending to be sworn in or some shit um for the picture but i like to think that i only got that because there was no like most likely to like arson the white house or whatever so they just like (laughs) gave me that and that's how that's how i look back on it it's not actually what it was uh i just legitimately was a total fucking nerd but um yeah i i feel like we're learning a lot about each other in this episode and um, i like that a lot well while we're talking about superlatives and back to fashion okay i came in second place for best dressed in high school and let me tell you why this is a scam I was robbed because specifically, I didn't like tell people to vote for me. I was just living my life, being cute, doing my thing. As you do. Yes. The person who won was like going around like canvassing for herself. And she was like very Mormon and like dressed very Mormon. And I will leave that up to your imagination for what that looked like in 2011 to 2012. But it wasn't good fashion. Oh no. So anyway, it was stolen from me. Um, I'm still upset about it. The only reason I list is like my friend worked on yearbook and like told me and I was like, <gasps> oh my God, the yearbook people always have the scoop. I never worked on it, but yeah, so they true. always knew. I, I remember. Honest- yeah, go ahead. Yeah, no, I'm just like, I'm kind of glad I didn't win because I feel like winning a high school superlative like kind of makes you a fucking nerd. Yeah, well, <laughs> Shots fired at literally everyone on everyone this call, on Zoe. this episode. I'm just being bi- I'm just being bitter. <laughs> so the other no, two I that I won were <laughs> best sense, oh best sense of humor and most original, which again, it's like most unique dresser, most original, best sense of humor. They're like this bitch is a freak and we don't know how to deal with it. <laughs> Wait, how big was your high school that you won all the superlatives? Uh, th- I think there was like 280 people in my graduating class. Wow, okay. that's like about the same as mine. There were You're popular. Yeah. Sweet. No, the thing is, I try to explain this to people. Like in my high school, people made fun of me all the time. Like I thought that, I, like, I mean, I had my own friends. I didn't give a shit. I was just like, whatever. I was a theater kid, obviously. Like if you know me at all, that makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Um. And when I look back on it, it's like just I think that I was such a freak and I wasn't inhibited like I was after I experienced a lot of trauma. Mm. Uh, And I'm gaining back to that place now. So love it. (laughs) Speaking of my extra ass self, though. Mm -hmm. Yeah. One thing I've become obsessed with is rolling joints with really pretty printed paper. Yes. So I don't know how to roll joints. I'm very bad at it. I'm a habitual weed smoker because of uh, medical issues um, and because I like weed. Um, But uh, 
I tried in the beginning of quarantine to learn how to roll good joints, but I can't. Uh, so I learned that you can buy cones on Etsy of like beautiful paper. And then you can buy like a weed funnel and it comes with a wooden stick and you grind up the weed and you like pack it into the cone. You twist it up and you're just like, boom, baby, beautiful joint. Ready to have a night feeling yourself. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Perfect. Yes. Um, and uh, to wrap up this like block of things that I love <laughs> right now, because uh, I feel like these other two everyone can relate to. But um, so I am a person who grew up dancing. And I was thinking about this the other day because I think a lot of people who were socialized as girls uh, grew up dancing uh, and were put into dance classes. And um, I dropped out of the, like ballet and tap pretty early on, but I started dancing when I was like four years old. But I took um, jazz, hip hop and musical theater until I was like 18. Uh, and so when I think about the fact that I have like 15 years of dance training uh, and as a person who is struggling with mobility uh, because of some physical stuff, I've really started um, just like dancing in my mirror by myself for hours at a time. And it just makes me feel really good. Oh, yeah, totally. I so I'm very bad at dancing. Um, I like at least like formalized dancing, um, like the kind that you're talking about, Laura. Like I was never in dance classes mm -hmm. anytime that I we did the like you know, dance section of PE in school. It was horror. Just, I mean, I think it was probably horrific for everybody, but I, I felt like it was uniquely horrific and that I can't tell my left from my right, frequently speaking. <laughs> um, there was one time when I like had, I took a tango class for Spanish class and the woman who was leading it got so frustrated with me. She literally stood behind me and moved my body for me. Oh my God. <laughs> She was like, you don't know which way you're going. And I was like, no, like, I literally don't. I'm here for extra credit. Like, please, please don't be mad at me. And also, please uh, don't touch me. Yeah. yeah, I was like, that's like, not cool. Yeah. No, was like, I was like a life-size, like, marionette. It was terrible. Um, but that being said, despite, like, not having any, like, formal dance training and being very bad at it, I still love dancing around by myself in my apartment, mm -hmm. yes. like Laura was talking about, like, it is so freeing. So even if you're like, oh, I'm a bad dancer, like you should really, really try it sometime. It's just, it's the best. Yeah. Well, I have several responses. First of <laughs> all, though, most importantly, I have watched Kellen do a solo dance number at a 90s party yes. fundraiser. And I really beg to differ about Kellen saying that she's a bad dancer. It was incredible. So to be fair... <laughs> Ad-libbing in sync style dance moves <laughs> is certainly something that I'm good at. That's literally dancing. I literally yeah. pretend that I'm the fucking diva in the mirror. It's no there big you go. deal. You gotta... I just can't do if somebody's like, and one, two, hit it, hit it, hit ball change, whatever. Yeah. Can't right. do it. Fail. Helen's a free agent. Thank you so much. Um, yes. Yeah. I did also, I do also love dancing. I was. Ugh, a ballerina for like 10 years um not my proudest we danced moment. together in my in my room <laughs> yes we did I do love dancing now I also love doing like bar and pilates which is like 
very dance inspired workouts, but Kellen talking about doing gym and PE reminded me of, and this is more of a hate than a love. I'll be honest. It's fine. <laughs> we had to do square dancing. So did we. we did that too. Okay. And music so class, specifically we were all paired off. We were paired off into like little hetero couples. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I was tall for my age. I've always been tall. I was probably like already five, six or whatever. And my partner, Stuart. <laughs> I love that we're just doxing men. We went literally just. (laughs) Okay. He was so short. He was so small. (laughs) And we had to dance together. And it was so uncomfortable. Was he like a small king or was he just like very short king? Short. No. Uh, Yeah, it was uncomfortable. So he was like boob level, basically. Yes. And of course, everyone's like making, like joking about it. But like, I'm the one being made fun of for like being tall. Like, make fun of Stuart for being, make him grow. (laughs) Grow. It's it's okay to be short. I'm just kidding. Um, But then I don't want to score dance with you. Like, come on. It's embarrassing. I'm traumatized, honestly. All during childhood solidarity. That was me. Me too. Yeah. Also, like, why did I have to dance with a boy? Yeah. Truly. Um, the real questions. Yeah. Last two Speaking things. of boys. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I really love, love when people respect my boundaries. And I see also my friends' boundaries being respected. And I also love when I see people setting boundaries. I love boundaries being set with me. I think boundaries are the fucking best thing ever. And I don't think anyone who socializes as a girl especially gets taught how to say no. Yeah. For sure. Um, and I also love when people respect pronouns. Because that's fucking sweet. You should do it. <laughs> mm-hmm. You should. You should. We support. As, as season of the bitch, we support this message. Support. <laughs> this is a season of bitch. A season of the bitch approved message. Um, yeah. So next up is the only topic I came up with on my own. I just want to put that out there. <laughs> Um, because it speaks to how highly I love my cat. Um, I love all cats, but specifically mine. Um, but when I was in, I've always felt this way. I have a different cat now than when I was in kindergarten, but in kindergarten, now that we're rehashing our childhood embarrassments, we had to go around the room and say who our best friend was, which is like a (laughs) fucked up thing to make children do. But it was was the nineties. Like, I don't fucking know what was happening. It's the (laughs) nineties. I was like, yeah. Yeah. I was just like, I don't like my cat. I said, my cat's my best friend. Everyone made fun of me. I got so bullied for saying that I stand by it. And anyway, now I have a different cat. Her name's Brooklyn. She's running around right now. Um, and I love her so much. And she just like provides me with so much emotional support and happiness. And she's perfect in every way, even though I am convinced there's a demon living inside her sometimes and (laughs) might try to do an exorcism at some point. Um, but yeah, I love her. That's all. I think it's important to make this point. We talk a lot about enemies of the pod, but I (laughs) I said this to Bianca last week. I believe that all cats are friends of the pod. Um, and dogs. uh, (laughs) Besides poodles. Uh, I have a gripe with poodles, but anyway. uh, Okay. I understand. Never mind. Please go off. Please. Go there off. are certainly dogs who are friends of the pod. Yes. Am I willing to say, without having met all of the dogs in the world, that they are all friends of the pod? 
I'm not ready to make that statement. I, yet. I would say that, but, but Laura's. What, but like, what about cop dogs? Yeah, are there cop? Yeah, cats but that's now? not their fault. Free the dogs. <laughs> there are no cop cats. There are librarian cats. There are bodega cats. Cats have never once helped the police state. Um, it's not and... dogs' fault that they help the police state. <laughs> anyway, and it's yet. we. <laughs> On the subject of cats, though, <laughs> cats are so good. And I just I wanted to take a second to really sh- give some shout outs to the special cats in my life. So excuse me while I go off on one for a moment here. <laughs> yes, <laughs> do it. First, shout out to Francis. This is my grandparents cat from when I was a baby. It sounds like a grandparents cat from like 1993. As you might guess, its name is Francis. Um, she died when she was like 21 years old. So really, wow. she was a grandparents cat from like 1970 or something. Uh, and she was so old and mean. Um, and when I was a baby, I couldn't call I couldn't say Francis. So I just called her bad cat. Shout out to Francis. <laughs> oh, we um, love you, Francis. We do love you. An icon pouring one out for bad cat right now um next shout out goes out to upton which was my cat when i was a child may he rest in peace he was so evil um he would go up the stairs and wait until my mom passed by and then jump from the top of the stairs onto her head (laughs) oh my god (laughs) he was the original demon cat and i love him so much Next, we have Marty, who I got as, as a kitten when I was like 12. He is still around. He lives with my mom and he craves human touch so much that he will keep purring even if I hold him upside down or if I lift him up and sing the Lion King song or if I toss him over my shoulder like a bag of potatoes holding him by his back feet. Um, <laughs> then there's Mary. After I got Marty, my brother got a kitten that he named Mary, which is just a classic little wow. brother move. Wow, original Davis. Just extreme little brother <laughs> vibes from that <laughs> one. Um, Mary is the most gorgeous cat who has ever lived, and I am going to make her the album art for this episode. So when yes. you see a cat on the front of the things that we love, it is Mary, my brother's cat. Oh, um, I'm excited. I love that. Yes, she's beautiful. Next, shout out to Momo and Gerald, my large adult sons, who are perfect in every way. They are. Um, Momo is so chubby and so funny, and Gerald is a little dainty boy. Um, shout out to Wally, who my ex got custody of, but whom I still see a few times a week. He hates me and he hisses at me when I try to pet him. Mm. I love you, tiny baby Wallace. Also, also a demon cat, I will say. Oh, oh, the he's so evil, but I love him so much. Like um, when you first got him, he would climb. Like we would be recording, and Kellen would just be like, "It's fine, Wallace is literally climbing up my whole body." Oh, yeah, oh would do God. that too, though. That's kitten. That's how kittens love. It. it? <laughs> yes. Um, With demonic behavior. Wallace will like if I try to pet him, he'll just go. it's like not okay um i love wallace i do love wallace too um and the the final shout out is it goes out to maggie new cat in my life she is a niece of mine now it's my brother's girlfriend who just got her um she is extremely tiny my brother has a song about her that goes she's just a little lady she's just a little lady um that's that's all the lyrics um (laughs) She has a bob tail. She lost her tail, so she like doesn't have a tail, Aww. and she sneezes constantly. And I love her. And those are all the cats. Honorable you, mention to uh, Cooper and Peregrine. Oh, of course. Oh, friends of the pod. Friends, friends of, of the, the pod. pod. 
<laughs> we took Peregrine to the vet today, and he is so chill in the car. It's absolutely wild. I saw that he was just loose in the car, and I was like, Brooklyn would never. <laughs> no. He was no. so chill. It was wild. Brooklyn needs to be severely drugged to go anywhere near a car. To even go anywhere near her carrier. But that that's part of why I love her. I relate. Yeah, <laughs> of course. Yeah. Um, other things that we love. Um, I love solidarity. Yes. I love the unity of purpose and the strength that comes from recognizing like mutual interests and organizing around them. I am once again thinking about the Columbia grad student strike. Yes. My bad. But solidarity comes mm-hmm. in many forms and you simply love to see it. Yes. Solidarity truly is so powerful. Like almost every time, maybe every time I've gone to a protest or action of some sort, I like tear up. Just like the experience of like being surrounded by people who you're like, oh, they also deeply care about like Mm -hmm. this thing, like whatever that action protest is for. It makes me so emotional. I'm always just like standing there, like kind of chanting and kind of crying. (laughs) And like, I'm not an easy crier. There's one water sign placement in my entire chart. I don't cry easily. Solidarity makes me cry. That's because it's Jupiter, which is like the fucking planet of community. (laughs) Yeah. Makes me cry. Yeah. Sorry, I I know all of your charts by heart. (laughs) (laughs) No, I love that. I love that you're like, it's because it's Jupiter. And it's Scorpio. I was going to say, but it's Scorpio. So it's like, I still don't really want people to know I'm having those feelings. And that's (laughs) still how powerful it is. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So I stand there quietly tearing up (laughs) for the entire time. Love it. Yeah. Love, Love solidarity. The last thing that I wanted to mention that I love is food. Mm. So um, I'm not a great cook, unlike some people on this call, (laughs) Bianca. Mm -hmm. So I'm like not even talking about like the act of cooking, although that can be nice. Um, And I'm also not talking about this in like a Tinder profile way. That's like (laughs) (laughs) One thing you should know about me is I love tacos. Like, shut up. No. You don't love tacos? (laughs) Swipe left. Right. (laughs) They'll have the taco emoji. You're like, okay, goodbye. Like, yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, but what I mean when I'm saying like I love food, it's like I'm thinking about how isolating the pandemic has been. And it's just been like really depressing for me. And like personally, a lot of days I feel like I don't really have anything to look forward to. Depressing. Um, except for like what I'm going to be eating that day. Like food has mm-hmm. been this little ray of joy in an otherwise like very dark period of my life. Um, and in addition to that, it gives us sustenance and it keeps us going. Like food is great. And, mm-hmm. um, and I know like a lot of people have a really complicated relationship to food and like, I definitely, definitely do, but I'm working on it. And one of the ways that I'm doing that is just recognizing the important role that it plays in maintaining my, my positive moods, you know, to the extent that I have positive moods. Ha ha ha. I'm fine. Everything's fine. <laughs> Love you. Dylan. Um, Yeah. <laughs> I agree with pretty much everything Helen said. Um, and while we were making fun of people that, are, that whose personality is I love tacos, I've recently discovered how much I love Taco Bell. And specifically, yeah, specifically what I've been loving is like going to the drive-thru because I feel like, okay, I can go on a little outing, but I don't have to go inside anywhere. I have to interact with really one person and it's like through a screen. Um, but it's still like then by the time I get home with my Taco Bell, I feel like I've accomplished something and now I'm home and now I get to eat. And it's like so rewarding and I can't stop. And this is not a sponsored ad for Taco Bell, but it could be Taco Bell. 
he might hit us up. Yes. <laughs> in, in Buffalo, we have a Buffalo specific Taco Bell called Mighty Taco. Um, yes, I want to go. And they have a thing called a Buffito. <laughs> oh my God. So uh, just leave it up to your imagination what that is. Well, Mighty Taco, if you want to sponsor Season of the Bitch, you can reach out to us at seasonofthebee at gmail.com. Um, <laughs> I like that we, we just hated on people who are like, tacos are my entire personality. And like, <laughs> We're ending the- at any- taco At Big Taco, sponsor us. <laughs> right. Any, any taco-based restaurant chain, if you're interested in giving us money, we will take it. We'll take it. Yeah. We'll just take your food, too. You could just right. send us food. Yeah, yes. you just feed us. Whatever um, whatever works and we'll we'll say your name on air and um we we all win. Look, loving tacos is not a personality, but it is a hobby. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. True. True, 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 true. <laughs> Key difference. Yeah. I made a quesadilla that I was eating on mute during the beginning of this call. Yeah. Shout out to quesadillas in addition to tacos. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> For me, like the idea of you putting I, the quesadilla on mute is is such a mood to me. <laughs> putting the quesadilla on mute. Shut exactly. up, quesadilla. Shut up, quesadilla. <laughs> um. Anyways, actually, there's one more thing I love, and that's Patreon subscribers. <laughs> oh, yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> You can subscribe to our Patreon at www.patreon.com slash season of the pitch. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at season of the bee. Uh, you can email us at season of the bee at gmail.com. Please rate review and subscribe um, on any, wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, only if you like us don't review or rate us. If you don't um, thank you so much. Uh Anything else we want to say before we peace out? Just like join our Patreon, join the Discord, join our reading group. Like we want, we go eat a taco. Go eat a taco. Or don't eat a taco for the cost of literally one Taco Bell taco (laughs) per month. You could be on our Discord. Oh wow, that's powerful. And I'm gonna have to really chew on that one. Chew on it. And there's one more thing I love. All of you. Aww. Aww. <laughs> love you. Love you. Love Bye. you. Bye. Bye. Season of the Bitch.